Good evening, and if you're just tuning in, you are listening to 105.3 and 107.7 to the Angel Rock on United Public Radio Network, otherwise known as UFO, Paranormal Radio Network, or UPRN, out of the beautiful city of New Orleans. I am your guest, Laura Lee Potvin. I'm a Canadian clairvoyant medium, a crystal Reiki energy healer, Akashic Records practitioner, spiritual teacher and mentor, and registered nurse. I'm also the co-host of my second show called The Thing at the Foot of the Bed on Thursdays from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time with my amazing co-host, David Hansel. He's an angel channel, incredible medium, psychic, spiritual teacher, He's got a huge following on TikTok. He answers many of your spiritual questions that people want to know, like what happens after you've died and all kinds of cool things. So I want to say hi to Jonathan Keyworth. We've got here already. We've got Sandra Sharp. So thanks for hanging in there. A few technical difficulties. A few things. First of all, be sure to check out our TV channel on Roku. We have a network channel on there. It's And when you want to find it, all you have to do is sign into your Roku account. You're going to go to the channel store. You're going to search for UFO space P as in paranormal. There's a drop down list and you're going to look for UFO space paranormal and United Public Radio. And you can see many of our shows on the TV channel. Tonight, I'm not streaming there. I do that on Thursday nights with David and I's show, The Thing at the Foot of the Bed. But there's all kinds of incredible programming on there, different types of shows. So be sure to check that out. Now, if you want to join in the chat so I can see you, I know a good portion of our audience is, is audio only. But if you want to join in, head over to UFO Paranormal Radio either on Facebook or YouTube. I'm also streaming to my own profile under Laura Lee Potvin, which is public, and my YouTube channel, which is the Angel Rock with Laura Lee Potvin. Also, it's streaming on Canada's Most Haunted, um, UFO Undercover. There's a couple other, I think it's Central, uh, The Centralist, there's quite a few. So you can, if you head over there, we can see your comments and you can join in the conversation because if you've been here before, welcome back. And if you have been here before, welcome. And as you know, both of my shows are very audience driven. I always say we wouldn't have a show without, a, without all of you. And I'm very thankful for all of you being here. Also, Canadian Thanksgiving here in Canada. So happy Thanksgiving to all the Canadians that are out there celebrating. But if you like what you see, please like, share, and subscribe. Also, tell all your friends and family because there's something for everybody on this network. This network's been around for over 25 years. Um, we stream multiple shows live daily. And when we're not streaming, the archive server is going. So there are all kinds of different shows and guests and hosts. Uh, we have new hosts and new shows always coming. So there's something for everybody. I'm going to give you all a reminder that uh, I'm working behind the scenes, Halloween night. We're just getting the details sorted out. We're going to be having a network Halloween party. I believe it's going to be um, just after the kitties go out trick-or-treating, but hopefully we can get as many of the network hosts on the panel. It is so much fun, so look forward to that. We also have a Halloween party coming on October 26th on the thing at the foot of the bed with David and I. We've got some stories already. We may be doing a panel. We're still working out those details. 
I'm also doing a night before Halloween, October 30th. And so it's just going to be a little old me, but I'm hoping we're going to have some guests that can attend as well. And we can do a bit of a panel also. We've got to live it up big here for Halloween, right? We're the UFO Paranormal Radio Network. Now, I have a returning guest coming here tonight, sitting across from me patiently. She's incredible. I want to read her bio. I've got to put my glasses on for that one. I wear my cat ears and celebration <laughs> and my halloween stuff i love halloween love you, you too i love christmas as well but you know what the holiday season starts i only wish we celebrated thanksgiving when you guys did because it's crazy we never know when thanksgiving is and we end up celebrating like you all do in the united states anyways and of course then not that thanksgiving is about black friday but we've got black friday everything here we should just do at the same time as you guys. <laughs> so this is Julie Jean Bassett. She's an animal communicator. She's a pet medium, an energy healing practitioner, and she is incredible. I have used her myself and intend to keep on doing so because boy, is she incredible. She's also a shamanic practitioner. Her passion and her service to humanity is to help resolve physical, emotional, and behavioral issues in their companion animals. Her passion and her calling is to help resolve destructive behavior, which she helped at our house, um, anxiety and stress in animals while cultivating a stronger connection between pet parents and their beloved companions and utilizes many different techniques to do so. And she does. Um, she works on all three levels, the physical, the emotional, and the spiritual level which is so important in this field and only does what is requested by the animal companion or as is guide, guided by spirit. Over the years of employing these techniques on her own animal companions, she has come to learn that other pet parents were going through similar struggles and knew she had the tools to be able to help between a pet parent and their companion animal, and it's her calling. There are too many pet parents who are struggling with health and behavioral issues in their companion animals, so she helps them by communicating with their pets and through various energy healing techniques to resolve the issue at hand. Welcome, Julia. So glad to have you back on here. So glad to be back. Oh, we've got Sandra. She says already my cat Diego came out of the other uh, room, vocalizing all the way to say hello to hello, Diego. <laughs> and Jonathan, um, he shared to his JK47 page. I want to give him a shout out. He is a host on my mind just went um Talking with the source, it almost went blank on me here. Talking with the source with Robin of Halfron Paranormal and AJ Capasso, who is amazing. I've been on their show many times, so be sure to check that out. He also has his own show where he communicates with the other side using ITC or intertrans communication. And uh, he's, he's actually gotten some pretty powerful, incredible messages, including working on the Alan Greenberg case, you know, I try to shout that case out every, every week when I can, at least twice a week. If you're not familiar with the case, please look up gavinfish.com. Uh, this poor woman was murdered, and I'm going to say murdered, uh, 11 years ago. And it was, it was labeled as a unaliving, we'll say, just because we're on YouTube. And the evidence, as I've often said, and I say this with no disrespect, you would have to be, I'm sorry, I'm going to say an idiot, and I'm not calling anybody an idiot, but when you read this case, you tell me this poor woman was stabbed 10 times in the front 
10 times at the back, right? Upper back and neck. And uh, so 20 wounds in, in total. And two of those wounds, I don't know why there is not a bigger focus on this because I think this would tell anybody, two of those wounds were received after she passed away, post-mortem. So I don't know any human being that could do that to themselves um, after they've died. And her family, uh, Sandy and Josh, have been fighting for over 11 years to get the, the cause of death either overturned or get this case reopened. So if you can, please take a look at this. This family needs um, some attention to this case, as well as they are, they've, they've spent well over a half a million dollars. And every everywhere they turn, the door has been closed. Last thing I'm going to give two of my favorite channels a shout out to, well, actually three tonight, uh, it's Grizzly True Crime with Gisela Kay from South Africa and the Netherlands and also Surviving the Survivor with Joel, who is the host. The reason why I love these channels is because, you know, I'm a fan of true crime. What a way to call it a fan. I follow it. But also because they stick to the facts. But my biggest thing is they're victim and family centered. They focus on the people that have been affected by these horrible acts of, of crime. So please check them out. And also I want to give Claire Claire's Crafty Corner a shout out. I was there tonight. She got her 100,000 uh, subscriber button and she's such a sweetheart. So if you're a crafter, check her out. She's amazing. Sorry, Julie, you have to do that. Awesome. <laughs> I such great channels on here and we all got to shout one another out, right? Absolutely. Okay, so Jonathan told me the exact name. Sorry, John. He, it's targeting with the JK47. That's Jonathan's ITC channel. He's got some incredible communication with Ellen, actually, in spirit through the devices and many more. He's he's one of the best. I've, I actually did some work with him behind the scenes one night, and uh, he really does get some incredible communication. We've got Chris Binder who says hello. We got Z Sun Dragon. He says hi all. Kevin, I received your stories. Thank you. I've told you all before. If you've got some spooky uh, stories, you've got some pictures, whatever you got, send them in for the Halloween shows. So I think we got all the fancy stuff out of the way, all the all the uh, stuff we need to talk about. So the reason why I had Julie back on, never mind what an incredible animal communicator she is, she's also working on. I think you're almost at the end of your course, aren't you, for shamanism, Julie? Last few weeks. I was thinking about you today. So let's talk a little bit about that work for you. I also put if people had questions or whatever and, you know, brought up about the animals as well, because I know that's an also a big part of your work, obviously. Absolutely. But let's talk about the shamanism. What got you into that and, you know, about the course and, and what that entails and where you're going to be when you're done in two weeks? Um. Well... I've, I've been getting nudges for quite some time and um, I, I finally sat down and watched a webinar that Alberto Villo do, was doing mm -hmm. on his energy healing course. And I had chills all up and down my body for that full hour. Mm -hmm. And so besides all the synchronicities that had been happening before, that just told me I needed to do it. Um, and so I signed up for the course. Okay. It was quite a bit of money. I bet. Um, but I was able to get a scholarship. Thank goodness. Oh, nice. Um, 
I mean, I still had to pay some, but it wasn't nearly the full amount that they were requesting. So I got the scholarship and it has just been an incredible journey. I have learned so many techniques. I've helped so many people already because um, I've been doing some free sessions just okay. to get some testimonials and some practice in. Um, plus we have to submit um, a certain number of case studies okay. with, each, with each technique that we're learning or the main techniques. Okay. And I have helped so many people. One person, and I'm not a doctor, I'm not, I don't play one on TV, but one woman was so relaxed and she'd always had high blood pressure. She went to the doctor and, you know, it was like the day or two after the session with me. And she had them repeat her blood pressure because it was so low. And it, it had gone down so much that she didn't believe it. The doctors didn't believe it. And they kept repeating it. Um, so, so did that, so did it maintain that way? Like you or would that require, we're going to get into the bulk of the work of that, or it was just because she went and it made such a huge difference for her that it was so astounding. I don't, I haven't been in touch with her since then um, because, you know, life gets in the way and, and things like Absolutely. that. But for that period of time, at least, because I think it was a couple of days after where she had the appointment, it was that low. She, because she would have been so stressed out, and and I think she was recently retired, but she was still stressed out. But it relaxed her so much, and that was just an illumination, which is the the bulk of what we do. But there's so many more techniques I could have done on her, and have done on other people. Um, I. You know, in the class, we've been practicing on each other. I've always had some lower back pain. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I had back surgery back in mm -hmm. Me too. 2017. Mm -hmm. And because of some jobs and stuff, I, I haven't, I've been abusing my back. And so I've had the lower back pain. Somebody did some work on me and it's gone. Like permanently gone, you find? Well, it hasn't come back yet. Maybe I'm going to be coming to visit you because, boy, oh, boy, I say to anybody that thinks I'm off having a good time. I hurt my back I, when I was 16. I said, I really don't know what it's like to be pain-free. I'm, I'm 58 now. And I don't usually talk about it because I don't need pity or, you know, first thing people say, and it's so kind, but they'll say, oh, I'm so sorry, or how do you do it? Or And you know what? That's not, it doesn't you learn to cope with it, but the ideal thing would to be free of it. That would be mm -hmm. the amazing thing. Cause I say as a nurse, but then again, you know what, maybe I always say things happen for a reason. I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing if I was still working full time as a nurse. So, it's, but I could still handle being pain-free doing what I'm doing absolutely, now. <laughs> absolutely. And like, I've even adapted it to animals. Um, my stepmom has a service dog that had, was um, diagnosed with bone cancer in his front leg. Mm -hmm. um, he was limping and having issues. When I, when I communicated with him, I asked him what his timeline was. And initially he said one to two months. 
Um, and so I, I did several sessions with him. He quit limping. Um, he told me he was pain-free. And then, then his, you know, timeline went up to two to three months. And then I did some extractions on him. Um, where I removed some energetic bullocks from a past life. And now his timeline is 11 to 12 months. Wow. Because I want to get into this a little bit deeper, but I was going to add with you, um, I do crystal Reiki and I do therapeutic touch and things like that, which is such a misnomer because you don't touch the person. You work with somebody's energy field. But I have one regular client right now that comes without fail when they're in town, they're in town and they, they will go to town for a couple of weeks. First thing they do is message me. And I can tell you what an incredible thing to see versus somebody that comes once in a while. And I understand you come when you feel like you maybe need to come as the global you for people listening, but this person has regularly come. And I can't believe, I would never give away information about anybody I work with, but I can't believe the shift in this person from when they first started coming to see me. And I think it's emotionally, physically, as well as spiritually and energetically. Like I'm finding now, um, and I will obviously adapt things as well, I'm sure yourself or anybody else, on based on what spirit tells us or what somebody needs. So we've almost turned it into... You know, before there was a lot of work to do because with Crystal Reiki for people that may not understand, and I know I keep hearing spirit again, I need to make a video to show people what's involved because once they understand, it's not like regular Reiki. And you balance people's chakras. I, I know you probably know, but for people that might not, you you balance people's chakras. And then intuitively I go through and I choose crystals and with color and the way they feel and I direct energy in or energy out. And then we check the chakras afterwards because beforehand, I do before I do this, I check people's chakras. And usually for the reason they're coming, mirrors their chakras, which we would expect, right, mm -hmm. Julie? And for people that don't know what chakras are, because I forget there's people listening from all over the world. Those are energy centers that all human beings and animals have throughout the core of their body. And many of the I'll say orifices or holes that we have in our body and many other places they're developing. So when you're balanced, right, everything goes kind of tickety-boo, if you will, in life. I think human beings are meant to be balanced. But I get where my point where I was going is I'm finding there's not much to do. Like the body is holding the energetic attuning because I work with the energy field or the aura afterwards if there's any cracks or holes or what have you I also use certain Reiki symbols intuitively mm -hmm. to balance all these chakras but I'm finding with this person coming so regularly there's not as much work to do and we're getting into more messages from spirit we still do the tune-up if you will but it's mm -hmm. quite quick compared to what it used to be so that's why I was asking you if these things hold or not well, oh, go well, ahead. it all depends because these techniques can help resolve limiting beliefs it can help resolve stuck emotions mm -hmm. uh, because what i'll have a person do is 
you know, tell me what's going on. Do you have pains? Do you have emotions that are stuck in you? Mm -hmm. Do you have some limiting beliefs? Do you have some past trauma? And then that's where I gauge what type of healing I'm going to do on them. Everything has an illumination. And that, that is, um, for those that don't know, is going, you know, you have all these emotions bubbling up, all this pain bubbling up in you. And that way I can see what chakra is affected. Often all the chakras are affected. And so I start yeah. with the lowest one. And do you find that, say, like for myself when I check, these energy centers or chakras some people call them chakras for people listening is say one is underbalanced for me i may find two in a row that are underbalanced and then the one above or down below it'll be out of kilter as well almost yeah mm -hmm. yeah um and a lot of the ones i've done recently all the ones are out of balance and so i'll do the i'll remove the the energy the dark energy, negative energy out of the lowest chakra mm -hmm. and have it transmuted into a flame. Um, what kind of flame are you using? Like just are a you candle, just a candle. Okay. Well, let's back up here. Let's okay. So even if you had to use myself, I'm good with that. Or if you want to just talk about it briefly, whatever you want to do, but okay. So somebody comes to see you and mm -hmm. they've got an issue. So if can you walk people through this sort of what it would look like, like you may have to break down, like you said, illumination or what to tell people, okay. like, why would people come, for example, and what would you do? Well, like? I first talk to them, find out what's going on in their lives, what what types of issues they're having. Um, one person was having issues with a family member. Mm -hmm. um, others were having pains in their body. Others were trying to get rid of like limiting beliefs around money or fear. Okay. Well, um, I'm going to stop you there. If you're okay with it, I I'm going to ask you. Okay. So that's something I'm still working on. I am aware for myself that I have limiting beliefs and I know that I do, and I'm working on reversing that. Are you comfortable with that? Would that be okay? So people could kind of hear and see what that might look like quickly. Um, you don't have to do a session with me, but you can use me as an example is what I'm saying. If okay. you want. Well, I, what I do first is I'd open up my rear kocha and that is tapping into my eighth chakra, which is universal light or, um, okay. universal energy. Okay. I would open up my rear kocha around you. Um, okay. I would have already opened up sacred space. So See anything, how fast that's going to go now? So just using so, the person, yeah. So anything ahead. that um, you said would be confidential. So I, I put that um, reassurance in my client. Because a lot of people have problems with money, right? And right. trying to get things to work. That's why I brought that one up. So, And um, normally that's the root chakra mm -hmm. is out of balance. Yeah. And so... We have these um, healing stones. They're called kuyas. Oh, so can you tell me more about that? Um, we get three kuyas and initiate them with each direction of the uh, medicine wheel. Okay. And so, tell people what the medicine wheel is too. I'm sorry, because we're going to have people listening to this going, what are these ladies talking about? <laughs> not a problem. 
The medicine wheel is a way of healing. It's based on Native American medicine, mm -hmm. uh, energy medicine, and there's different archetypes, like the serpent or snake is in the south. The jaguar is in the west. The north is the hummingbird. And then the east is like the eagle or the condor. Okay. And so there's different healings that happen to each one. And okay. in my class, we went through each part okay. of the medicine wheel. I think um, you have a deck. That's why I'm going to grab it. So <laughs> go ahead. And... Um, so we're healing ourselves as we go along and we're learning all these techniques. Okay. And so what I do is I for to explain to you all the different techniques that I might be using mm -hmm. because what I, we talk about your problem and then I'd have you choose one of these kuyas, whatever one you're drawn to. So do they look like crystals or are they actual stones? They're actual stones. I love it. Okay. Um, and then you would blow three times hard into that stone when you had all these emotions gurgling up. So do I have to be in front of you then to do this? I can do it remotely. I was going to ask because I usually can. Okay, good. Okay. Yeah, I have a cloth that I lay down. Um, and so the person... And I've got different crystals to represent the different chakras. Mm -hmm. And so after you blew three times into this crystal, I would, or this um, Kuya. Kuya, healing stone, I would ask you to lie down and get comfortable and relax. Okay. And I put, she's, you know, I I'd talk to you, I'd have you breathe, I'd have you um, imagine different parts of your body relaxing. Um, and just breathing and just relaxing. And then I would put the Kuya on your root chakra. Well, first I'd open up your root chakra, put the Kuya on it. And then I'd tell you to imagine all that dark energy, all those emotions, all that pain that you're feeling in your body going into that Kuya. And then I'd use my rattle or, or my hand to remove it and put it into a flame for transmutation. While I had you open, I would also see, you know, once I've removed all the dark energy from your root chakra, I'd remove the Kuya and then I'd scan your body and see if there's any energetic remnants um, of things to be extracted. And it could be, I, I pulled out a, a scarf from somebody's throat that was having trouble um, speaking their truth. Okay. Um, I've removed bullets from my stepmom's service dog because that's how he died in a previous life because he was a police dog in a previous life. So now these are energetic, obviously, right? Energetic. A lot of times it's remnants of energy from when we died in a previous life. Okay. Um, and it, you know, I've had people with a rope around their neck and tied to like an anchor or a cinder block. Mm -hmm. I've had boxes removed. Oh, what's that um, about? Like a, um, a dungeon or? No, it's like with my stepmom, because I, I did her and her service dog at the same time. This was the one with bone cancer. 
And I did her too, because, um, you know, she needed some support too. And I pulled out this box and I was told it was, I think it was out of her heart. Um, I was told it was Pandora's box. And when it opened up, there's oh. just a little flip of paper down at the bottom and it said hope. Hope? Hope. Okay, now I got all kinds of questions here. This one and, and it was so that she would have hope um, because at that time her service dog was, he was telling me was only going to be like between one month and two months. So it's to give her hope that. So is it like a gift? That's where I was going to go. Because I would think if you were removing this box with hope in it, it would sound like you'd be removing hope, but that would be contraintuitive to what you're doing. So no. is it like a gift? That time I think it was a gift. Okay. It was to tell her that to not lose hope. Okay. To give her back that hope. Yes. Because right? people here, right, we all tend to put like physicians or people of higher authority like that, right? If a doctor tells somebody you only got a month to live, just working in the medical field, you yeah. see it quite often, often that if that person truly believes it and has lost all hope, especially, it's going to be a month almost to the day, right? Right. Mm -hmm. So hope's been taken away. Um, and her seeing that gave her hope again. Oh, I love it. Okay. Um, and then I've had another box that um, had joy on it because she wasn't getting enough joy in her life. Okay. And it, was, it was a reminder to get some more joy. Um, but, and I, I've removed arrowheads. I've removed daggers. Um, I even removed a like remnants of a fetus from somebody's uterus. Oh, wow. Can it, you tell it's basically through psychic surgery. Oh, that's so funny you said that because I was thinking about this as you were talking. I'm thinking this kind of sounds like psychic surgery, which I have actually had done before. Do I yeah. tell people what that is for people that don't know what that is? It's just energetic surgery where you energetically go in to their energy field and I use a um, turkey feather as a knife and so I'll crazy stuff happens in a good way but I have told I'm going to tell people if you don't believe in this I can tell you it was I've had it done a couple times by different practitioners mm -hmm. it is like one time it was like a psychedelic psychedelic trip the colors and what have you. Another time, the energy was so powerful. This person had like a Chinese lantern. It was spinning and moving. Like you could just palpably feel the energy. Another time, the first time, that was crazy. There was a lot of work to be done. It, it really is interesting and very effective, isn't it? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And there's also something called a soul retrieval. Mm -hmm. When we're traumatized, when we're little, yeah, um, a piece of our soul goes off and hides. Mm -hmm. And so I would be, I would journey on behalf of that person and go down to the underworld. And no, that's not hell. That's just the shamanic culture believes in a lower world, a middle world, which we're on now, and an upper world. And so I would travel down to the 
underworld on their behalf, talk to the gatekeeper, let him take me to, there's four chambers down there. One is the chamber of wounds where I see what wounds um, were associated with this. The next one is the chamber of contracts where I'd see what contract was signed because we often, whenever we're traumatized, we sign these idiotic contracts. Like one of mine was, I was afraid. So yeah, of course I'm afraid of everything. Um, and so- Do we sign this before we incarnate or during the experience uh, spiritually and energetic, energetically? I'm sorry, what was your question? When would we sign these contracts? Would it be before we incarnate into said lifetime or would it be during the point when we're experiencing what causes that, you know, with the contract? When you're, when you're traumatized and when okay. your FOP leaves. Okay. Um, at least that's my understanding. Yeah. Um, so I'd see what contract was signed and bring it back with me so that you could rewrite your contract. Then I go to the chamber of grace which is where your soul piece is hiding. So I talk to your soul piece and see if it was ready to come back. Um, sometimes they are, sometimes they aren't. Sometimes they come back with conditions. Um, and then the next chamber is the chamber of treasures where I find a gift to bring back with me. Wow. And that gift helps you on your journey. And then the somewhere in there, a power animal will come out with me as well okay. and so when when i return from the soul journey i coming back with the soul piece a power animal and a gift and what so if the soul's not ready though what if the soul's not ready then i come back with two things okay um and you know I have a better understanding of what it will take for that soul piece to be ready to come back. Okay. Um, so then I would blow whatever things uh, into whichever chakra right. that wanted to be blown into. And then it's incredible because when they, and then I'd finish up the illumination. I, I would, um, pull white light from my Wiracocha and highlight or replace any dark energy that, or any voids. I okay. fill it up with a bright white light. I'd fill up any places where I did extraction. I'd also look for cords to be cut or um, uh, feeding tubes, which is generally to an institution where the, um, where it's sucking all your energy out. Kind of like my muggle job right now, but you know, that's the way it goes. Uh, Can it be people too that are sucking your energy or would that just be usually, the cords? Usually that's a cord, but it, yes, I, I said cords. Okay. it could be a, a feeding tube as well. Mm -hmm. um, and then I would close up the chakra, make sure all the chakras are spinning and rebalance all the chakras. And then we, I would tell them, to, you know, start feeling your fingers and toes. Um, when they're ready, go ahead and open your eyes. And when they're ready, go ahead and sit up. And then I tell them the different pieces that I brought back with me. Mm -hmm. You have to find three different objects and they blow that essence into it. 
and they ask questions of these different items. Okay. And when they blow into the essence of that object that they found that's going to represent it, mm -hmm. they're going to put it down. We're going to talk about what questions they want to ask. And then when they pick it up again, they embody that piece. And so I'll ask the questions and they will, they will answer as if they're talking from that piece. Okay. And it's incredible. Cause wow. they're like, they're channeling that piece and they're, they're answering the questions and telling the person. Um, I mean, it's just incredible. Some of the information that comes out. Um, so now is the person while they're doing this, are they under a light, almost like a hypnosis or they're just so connected that they're because this object now has the essence mm -hmm. of what I blew into their chakra. Mm -hmm. It's like they embody it and they're speaking as if they were that, that soul piece or that gift or that power animal. Wow. It's just incredible. I'm going to be booking a session with you. I know I am because I'm super excited about this because for some people, maybe that they're listening and I'm so glad because you said it in very realistic terms for people, maybe that have never heard this before. And I know there's going to be naysayers out there. They're going to say, this is just crazy. But my, my question to people listening who may think it is, if, if you've tried everything else and nothing else has, has worked for you, why wouldn't you give it a try? It's no medication. There's no, there's nothing but spending, what, does it take about an hour to two hours, Julie? Or how long does it take for a session? It, it just depends. Um, if I'm do, gonna be doing a journey, if I'm gonna do, be doing a soul retrieval, I like to allow at least two hours. Um, okay, but you know where I was going with it for people listening is you're not going to have to do that. Like it, so even if it's a couple of hours out of your day to try this and there's, is there any side effects? Is there any drop? Like, is there contraindications? That, is there anybody that shouldn't participate in this? Not that I'm aware of. Exactly. I mean, you might be a little sore. <laughs> Yeah, um, the um, psychic surgery just for a day or so. Mm -hmm. um, but other than that, no. What have you got to lose? That's what I always say to people who will hear things and be very close minded. What have you got to lose? Right? Why not try it? Because I know maybe it's just the people I've been running into, but I see it. I hear it. And it's not just people I'm talking to right now. People are finding life uh, difficult financially. And I understand why, but my point is, you know, there is enough to go around. There is enough all around. And we've been told there's not enough of this. or there's not enough of that, or can never make more money or can never do this. What if that could help you heal whatever, you know, maybe those are just limiting beliefs. Mm -hmm. I was just going to say limiting beliefs. Those yeah. are all just limiting beliefs. And mm -hmm. I mean, there's other things I can do too. Um, 
I'm interested in the blood pressure, the health, and I'm sorry, I we don't talk about what we're going to talk about. I just go where, before I do a show, I always tell people this, and I mean, if I have to do some research, I do, but I'm genuinely interested in people and their stories and just like we're talking now, but before I do a podcast, I always say, okay, spirit, where are we going to go with this? Because spirit knows who's going to hear live and who's going to hear the replay. So what do you do like with the blood pressure, for example, or even if you want with an animal, you don't have to go through the whole session, but like. That was just an illumination. Okay. That was just the basic illumination, no extractions. Um, it was okay, one of what's the an extraction? Huh? What's an extraction? We're the psychic surgery. Okay. Um, you know, and we've been learning so many techniques in here. In this course, um, I can now do a seven chakra illumination or a illumination. Wow. Um, which is often done prior to somebody passing away. I've learned how to do death right. Um, there's family constellations, like if you're having a family issues with a family member or if you are like, there was, um, I had this done for me as part of my healing, but there was something going on with my family line, kind of like a family curse, where we were all afraid to love. And to love? To love, okay. because we had been betrayed and all this stuff. And so I've healed that family line. Um, so there's things like that I can do. There's like dream interpretation I've learned how to do. It's it's just incredible. So how long was this course, Julie? It's six month course. Okay. Uh, I'm in the final two weeks, and then um, after that, I become a certified shamanic practitioner. I love it, love it, love it. Now some of the things you've talked about. I've just done this myself. I would never call myself a shaman, um, obviously. But what my point is, many of the things you've talked about, and I would just wouldn't use the same technique as you, obviously, because I'm not aware of all that. But like soul retrieval, or there were a few other things you had said that I think, oh, yeah, I've kind of pulled that into a healing session, right? But what I love about this is like you said, it's not just one thing. There's so many different techniques. Like I'm very interested, for example, um, and this is a big topic that David and I talk about on the thing at the foot of the bed and it's curses. Now I adore David. People love when we have in-depth conversations, you know, he believes, and we're all entitled to our beliefs, obviously, that there's not a anything really dangerous or negative out there or curses. So can we talk a little bit about curses? Like what are you taught about curses? I do believe in them, but I also believe that curses, like say somebody's told you you're cursed and you really believe it. I believe that spirit is giving me this saying, which is what we perceive is what we believe and it becomes our reality, right? Cause we're creating. Yeah, absolutely. So can we talk a little bit more about curses? Like what, 
you know, what were you told about them? And like you said, you had a familial curse. Do you get to the root well, of these? Sure. I just use that term. It, it's um, a pattern. You know our parents. I believe in curses because I have seen people that believe in it and what can happen to them. Yeah. Like it attracts like energy. So regardless of what the label is or the semantics right. of it, right, it happens. Right. And like my parents learned from their parents and yeah. their parents learned from their parents. And so these behaviors were passed down from generation to generation. Plus, I think and that we carry this energy in the mitochondrial DNA of the mother as well, right? Because energy... We've got that energy. Like you said, never mind physically what you're seeing and what you're being raised in. I've seen some scientific research actually that really looking into that, that the mother, and no blame on the mother, right. the mother can actually carry that energy within her DNA and passes okay. it along to the child as she carries it. Oh, did we lose Julie? Sorry about that. That's okay. I thought we lost you. <laughs> no. He's... Spam calls keep trying. Oh, oh, I'm so glad it didn't cut your audio off because sometimes it does that. So if that happens, I'll just hang out here and just I just, pop right I just decline it. Good. It comes up and I just decline it and then I'm Yeah, back. but every time I'm on my phone, oh my Kleenex here. Every time I'm on my phone, um, if I was on if I was on StreamYard right now, as soon as I decline it, as soon as it rings, it cuts all my audio off. I have to pop right out and pop right back oh, in. No. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we were talking about then, okay, for your family, like you said, it's perpetuated, but for anybody that you find a familial line of something, right? If you want to yeah, call it a curse or what you want to call it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and like limiting beliefs can happen that way too. Absolutely. Um, Children are like sponges, right? From the age of zero pro and in the womb, I believe as well, right up to about the age of seven. And yeah. for people that are seven, more eight, somewhere like that. Yeah. Oh, I think it's even longer, but they say up to seven, right? The science, if you will. But my point is, and people will say, well, I don't have any limiting beliefs, but what they don't realize is you don't realize it's a limiting belief when you were hearing your whole life, um, money doesn't grow on trees like just and that's just one example right and you, you're yeah. not putting blame on a parent but you were raised in in hearing these type of things and believing them and seeing them and it's a child's norm so as they get older and go out into the world you don't realize that we've actually taken that and tucked that into our psyche would i be right about that pretty much yeah mm -hmm. opinion too and like, um, even like some religious beliefs. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, they get ingrained into a child and, you know, money is the root of all evil. No. Oh, there you money go. Money is That's not the root of all evil. Greed is the root of all evil. Mm -hmm. You know, things get misconstrued. Um, you know, the abuse of money is the root of all evil but and power and power i think you were right about the greed because people don't realize that that's what that is like and i'm not try i always say i try to remind myself not to be judgmental but what 
people, you know, I've often asked, you know, people that are making billions and billions and billions of dollars. And I, and again, I'm trying not to judge, but when is enough? You know, like you could never hope to ever spend that money in an entire lifetime. Like, true. A lot of those people also will use that money to help others. To make do, I think it's incredible. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we are all, I mean, abundance is our birthright. We're all Absolutely. meant to be abundant. Mm-hmm. But why aren't we all? Because we have these limiting beliefs. Mm-hmm. That's true. And I never have a problem with people that are very philanthropic with the money that they have. Like David and I, my co-host, I, I don't know. I don't think you've met David. Hands no, up. Co- have you? No, no, I haven't. Oh, he's such a sweetheart. And we both adore animals. We joke all the time. I didn't realize that Dave was always my friend, but I've gotten to know him so well doing this show together. And we joke, we have a problem with gnomes. <laughs> we just love gnomes, right? And we love animals. Like all week long, we are so busy. We don't get a chance to talk. So we're sending animal memes back and forth. So anything to make us laugh, right? And um, we all often say, if we ever won the lottery... First thing he said he'd do and I would do. First of all, I just want enough that, you know what, I could could make my children happy. You know, they're looked after. I have a special needs adult son. They knew he was happy and healthy and would be looked after when I'm gone. But anything over and above that, I don't need $3,000 purses or whatever. That's just stuff, right? But Dave and I said almost at the same time, we would open an animal rescue, right? Like use that money for good or people that, that needed help if you could help them or mm -hmm. one of my goals if I ever win the lottery or whatever is to open up a um, hospice for animals so no animal has to die alone oh Julie that just about brought me to tears I and it's such a good way I am oh what a beautiful idea because I'm so passionate about hospice care and terminal, you know, um, palliative care. I worked in that and I did a lot of stuff out in the community. And on most of these shows, I say I'm so deeply blessed to have been there hundreds of times at the beginning of life, um, working in the NICU, um, actually delivered many of my kittens at my own house with, with, um, when my cats before they were, um, before we moved. And, um, found them beautiful homes and what have you. So where I'm saying going with this is so out in the community, I always say I'm so deeply honored and grateful to have been included to be there as, as my patient and their family have chosen for that person to journey back home, if you will, at the end of life and to spend that time. But we don't think about animals, do we? No. And that breaks my heart because what really touches me, I love watching animal stories and things. And when somebody sees it within their heart to take in maybe a 15 or 16 year old animal that may not have much time left, but they're able to feel that love and be loved and cared for. How, how incredible is that? I would just love to go to an animal shelter and take their oldest animals mm-hmm. and them Mm-hmm. you know, some love and, and spoil them for the rest of their lives oh. after long or short it might be. 
my neighbor's dog, um, he's ill. They don't have a lot of money, but this dog is so cherished and so loved. And he is just skin and bones. And he's about nine or 10. And I, his poor owner, because he received him for Christmas, and he's a quiet man, but he walks the dog every day, and I keep seeing that poor angel, and I just send him love every time I see him, because the poor little guy, he can barely walk anymore, and he's so thin. You know he's loved and cared for, but it's so hard, right? I know because we're human beings, because animals know when it's their time to go, don't they? Often they do. Mm-hmm. But look what happened with you using your healing, right? As a shamanic practitioner that, and I understand that the choice was between your mother-in-law's service dog and source energy and their journey here. But look what happened, right? Isn't that a beautiful thing from one month they were expecting to two months to now it's been 11 to 12 months. They're still. And she is so grateful for that extra time with her. Oh, the dog is so beautiful. I wanted to ask you, and I think I've talked about this on the show with you before. Um, I've also studied near death experiences for 40 plus years, professionally and personally. I believe I had one as a toddler. But what really perked me up is when I heard you talk about before somebody passes to be able to work with the chakras and all that parts before someone's, as I call it, transitioning back home. Can you talk a little bit more about that work and why that might be very beneficial for somebody? Um, it helps them to resolve any last issues because clearing out all the chakras helped clear out a lot of the dark energy, all the limiting beliefs, all the um, ill, also allows them to express because um, there's also something called sacred drama that okay. you do with them and where they have the opportunity to tell their loved ones, you know, that they love them, they forgive them, whatever. And then you do, during this, you do a seven chakra illumination where you clear out all the chakras of all the dark stuff all the dark energy, all the limiting beliefs, all that. So they're clean. And then... So almost like when a, a baby comes in, and I'm not calling somebody that's leaving a baby, but almost start almost like leaving like they came in, is what Spirit sort of showed me. Is that kind of like what it's about, or am I wrong about that? Well, yesterday, my classmates and I practiced... Um, Spirit death. Okay. Or actually spirit flight where we, we did the death rites and sent somebody off. So what are the death rites for people listening? And hi, Lockbeard. I'm sorry. I'm so intrigued by all this. I'm like right close to the monitor. Welcome. Nice to see you here. Go ahead. Sorry. Um, well, it's not really death rites, but it helps send them off. We basically call it death rites, but um, basically it's unscrewing their chakras. Okay. And lifting up their energetic body and sending them off. Okay. Um, but we were practicing that 
But since we're still alive, we're able to pull the energy back in and okay. put them, screw the chakras back. But I mean, it's incredible. That's you the first time I've ever heard that. Sorry, huh? that's the first time I've ever heard that, unscrewing and screwing the chakras. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, it's like opening up all, all the chakras. And um, once you open up all the chakras, the spirit can leave the body. And we just send it off. We tether it. And then after a few minutes, we bring it back, put it back down, screw the chakras back. And, um, you know, I had it done on me. And I felt so ungrounded afterwards. I maybe got one hour of sleep that following night and maybe three hours of sleep the following night um, before I realized, oh, I had left my body. I, that, no wonder. So once I got- Reground? <laughs> once, I, once I was able to reground, mm -hmm. um, I was fine. But it took me a while. Wait, duh. <laughs> I want to say hi to Kelly Hopkins. She says, hi, Laura Lee. Hello to Julie. Hi, everyone. Because people don't, don't realize how, and again, this isn't from me, it's from spirit, I believe, but the ideal situation, I think, for a, a human being is to be in balance, right? In this duality on the planet of we got light, we got dark, we got night, we got day we've and so on and so forth so i and again spirits really been giving me a lot of visuals lately and so the ideal situation if you will the chakras running through the core of the body where we're connected through our top chakra our energy center for people listening our crown chakra and above we have many chakras above but connected to source energy or i tell people whatever mm -hmm. their belief system is but also how vitally important it is to also ground that energy to the earth or i call her gaia many yeah. people do so would you believe it does does that sound does that sound okay or are you oh, taught something a little different no grounding is good it's it's good to ground get your feet in the dirt get your hands in the dirt carry a hematite crystal mm -hmm. um, eat something um hug a fur baby I love it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, grounding is very important. Yeah, especially because um, with the paranormal, especially, you know, we find a lot of people, you know, wanting to go into these places with some darker energy and not understanding the importance of especially being grounded, right? And so I, this just occurred to me, and some people may, may not agree with this, but I believe people can get attachments from darker mm -hmm. energy. Can you use these practices as well with that type of thing? Absolutely. Okay. So again, I guess it would, it would go with just with what you've been sort of taught by assessing the situation, obviously, and then sort of what you're directed from spirit as well, or what, what would that look like? Not quite through the whole session, but just kind oh. of generally. Both. I mean, when they tell me what what's going on with them, um, I'll assess the situation. I will check for any feeding tubes, cords, um, 
There's two different extractions. There's like a liquid extraction or crystalline extraction. Um, with the liquid extraction, I pull things into this um, crystal because um, I can pull entities into this crystal or and wow. generally they say the, the liquid are newer entities or energies um, and the crystalline are older, but that's not always the case. Oh, I, I've got so many questions. Oh my gosh. Okay. So interesting. So why is the, the, sounds like sort of the, the thoughts that newer type entities. So what kind of things would be newer type entities since we're in spooky month, I don't normally go mix spiritual with paranormal, but you can't really separate them. Right. We live in a duality here. Um, Well, say you're in a, say you went to Maui. Okay. Where all those people died so suddenly because of the tragedy or 9-11. Yeah. You go into that area and there's all these lost souls that can attach to you because they see your light. Mm -hmm. And I they are if they want help. But that way you can either cut the cord, you can remove the energy uh, using a crystal or, um, you know, a, a psychic surgery type extraction, but um, probably more likely a crystal or a cord that you would have to cut. And basically you just send them off to their own destiny or you ask spirit to take them to the light. Over. Okay, I have a question for you. This is a real thing that I worked on years ago. Well, I didn't work on it. I encountered it. Somebody I know, not well anymore, but I knew, um, I would met because they were having paranormal experiences, and so was I years ago. And I then, they'd gone through an extremely, extremely, extremely stressful time. And they weren't sleeping. They weren't eating. And we happened to be talking on the phone one night and they happened to mention an item they had received from a former in-law that had been picked up at a garage sale. And their child, who was a teenager at the time, ended up with some very awful things happening. And they, and they thought that there was a mental breakdown. I, I don't think so from the things I was seeing and what I had heard. Long of objects have energies attached to them because that's where i'm going with this they happened to mention they were mirrors and they kept these mirrors under their we'll just say in their bedroom underneath something and i had said why did you never mention that before and they said i hadn't thought of it i i kid you not i saw this live they pulled out the one mirror and as they pulled it out and it was huge and heavy it re always makes me think of that movie Constantine with Keanu Reeves at the beginning. This mirror, I it was a rectangle, had to be about four feet long and about four feet, probably three or four feet wide. And in the center was a large hole and the cracks went out to all four corners of the mirror. And then what happened, they pulled out the second one, but before they did, 
this water bottle came flying out from underneath the bed. This is all live. I'm not making this up. Long story short, this person could not say the word angel, God, Jesus, anything remotely close. And the things I saw, if I had not witnessed with my own eyes, one of the most beautiful, loving souls I've ever met, this human being. This was not them. I never want to look in the eyes of another human being and see that type of evil or what they could do with the look. Um, it wasn't them. They were levitating on the camera. And then I hung up and this was like, this was years ago. And I sat there about an hour and a half later and this person doesn't even live in my country. And I was praying for them. I was saying that our father and they messaged me and said, cut that effing, I'll say crap out. I won't use the words, not radio friendly. Like, mm -hmm. so my point is where do these things come from and how do they get attached? Like that from what you've understood. And if you don't know, that's fine too. I really have no clue. Uh, can you get rid of those type of things though too? Or would you call in like a group? Do you think? And if you don't know, that's okay too. I'm not trying to get really dark and deep here, but I've often wondered because this sounds like such powerful healing that it could handle something like this, but I'd love to hear your thoughts. Um, it probably could. Would you call a mentor with something like that? Do you think, or somebody more, or like a group of you, do you think, or would you deal with something like that on your own? Well, I know um, Alberto Villodo had an experience where, um, cause he was, he was saying, Oh, voodoo doesn't exist. You know, that's really? just, yeah, it does. <laughs> well, he was saying that, you know, he's saying, you know, I don't believe in it. So if I don't believe in it, it's it not, doesn't exist. Yeah. but, but then, um, it says, Oh, okay, well, we'll test you on that. And so he went home, he was, you know, nothing happened after a few days and stuff like that. And all of a sudden he got really sick. Oh, and yeah. so his friend called and said, so how are you feeling? And he says, yeah, we were delayed a few days, but you should be feeling it now. And he was. Oh my goodness. Um, and so after that he believed and, you know, I believe anything is possible. Um, I don't, so much we don't know. Yeah, because I don't want to work with these kind of things. How I handled this, if you really want to, well, for people listening. And I, it was just kind of when I was starting my spiritual journey and really working with a lot of mentors. Um, I knew from spirit to contact my Kashuk Records practitioner. And so with my permission, she went in while we were speaking. It was obviously i think it was skype or something hi lisa roni she says hello julie hi lisa so what she ended up doing was going in and again i want to make it clear she just didn't go in without my permission i was with my permission i know you understand julie but for people listening um she went in and she dissolved any past karma any past agreements or anything like that and the interesting thing is this person and I are still friends, but we never had a disagreement or anything. It was just kind of like the relationship just kind of gently 
melted away. Like we, we still, every now and then we'll say hello or whatever, and there's no hard feelings or anything like that. So I was grateful for her help with this. Cause like I said, I don't want to be working with dark things like that. I even asked her why, and I'm not trying to sound egotistical, but she had said sometimes those that are working in the light need that light to be shone on in the darkness. And it made sense to me, but not egotistically, because I kept saying, I really don't want to be around this type of stuff. So that's why I asked you, because you, when you mentioned dark energy and you were talking about attachments, what other things would you be referring to? And I normally don't get this dark and spooky, but it's Halloween month. We got to ask. <laughs> dark energy <laughs> to me is just like the limiting beliefs and the emotions, the stuck emotions. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the pains that are bubbling up in the body, the fear that all of that just looks like dark energy to me when it's okay so interesting not, not necessarily evil or you know an evil entity or something that that it just shows up as dark energy to me do you know what david brought up though and he brought it up to me off air because we have the interest interesting conversations on air and off air and david's not the only person i talk to but i liked his perspective on it because people always love when we disagree because because i know there are dark things out there i've experienced them and um he he doesn't say that there aren't but it's where he chooses to put his energy and i respect that but yeah. he had said speaking of evil he said what if we thought about it this way, Laura? He said, it's almost like the word normal is what I said to him in response, but he put it this way, that it may seem evil to me or to you, but to others that may not be evil or say it was an ET or say it was a darker type elemental or whatever it may be, that's okay in their world. So it's not perceived as evil. We're perceiving it that way. So where I went with, in, like when I was in university for nursing, when we were learning how to chart, like write our daily whatever about our patient, right? It was called charting. And I know you may know that, but again, for people listening, we were told never to use the word normal. And how many years later, 38 years or whatever, I, I still remember because what's normal to me may not be normal to you, may not be normal to the person down the street, right? So I don't know. What you For think me, I worked in the lab, and so oh, so you value were within normal limits. Yes, it was normal. If not, it was abnormal. Yes, but then you have a scale. You have something right. to measure it with in right. the lab. I get that because they'll give you from say, I know our blood sugars are different than yours, but in in Canada, uh, normal blood sugar is three point zero to 6.9 to 7.0, right? I know it's different in the States. You guys are like the hundreds and something to the 300s. I remember that. But you have a sliding scale. So that makes sense, right? Normal, abnormal. But mm -hmm. otherwise, like say somebody's got a wound, right? You can't say, well, it looks normal to me because my normal may not be your normal because you have nothing to gauge it by. That's true. Mm -hmm. I, I agree with that. But I thought with evil, that was an interesting perspective because it's sort of like depending on who is perceiving it. It made sense to me anyways. I don't know. I think, though, generally, as human beings, most people, not all, but most people sort of know what's 
what's not good or what is evil, I would think, wouldn't you? I would think so. Yeah. Yeah. So we have a hey uh, from Facebook user. I don't know who you are. And I know many of you have done this already. But if you haven't, and I always say I'll highlight you. I'm not trying to embarrass you. But just so you know, we don't know who you are. So you can go to StreamYard.com forward slash uh, Facebook, you just have to say hello or yes to them using your fa your picture and your name, or you can put your name behind uh, when you post, or you can stay anonymous. But just so you know, we don't know who you are, so but welcome. So, well, we this conversation is flying by. I knew it would. That's why I said I had to have you come back. I have so many questions, and. I, you know, I'm going to tell you guys all about it because I am going to book an appointment with Julie next payday. I'm, I'm booking an appointment because you helped us so much with our cat, Sophie. You really, really did. She had one little slip up, knock on wood. And for people that aren't familiar, my son's cat kept peeing on his bed. And it didn't matter what we tried and it was exasperating. I had a waterproof mattress cover and what have you, but it still involved sometimes it would get under the mattress cover. If it's just, it, it was just a mess. So I have a good friend, very close friend, Leanne Clark, and she sent me two names of two ladies and they both were amazing. But I think spirit guided me to you, Julie, and you helped us so much with Sophie. So thank you. You're welcome. I'm so glad it worked. Can we talk a little bit for people who didn't where maybe didn't weren't able to catch the show the last time um, with your communication with animals? Because as I describe it, you're able to work with, you know, pet. We'll call them fur babies because that's what I like to call them Earth or animal companion. Sorry, or animal companions. Animal companions. Yes, but you can work with them on the Earth side, but also you can do mediumship too, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. So for those that want to know how to do animal communication or how did you discover you could communicate with animals? Um, did you learn how to do this? Was this something natural or? Um, growing up, we had a German shepherd. Mm -hmm. and I was an only child. So this dog and I kind of grew up together mm -hmm. and it was kind of like a sister to me, which is Aww. kind of strange, but Not really. like I could always tell what she was feeling and, and things like that. And I think I might've communicated with her in, when I was very little, because, you know, you don't have any hangups or limiting beliefs when you're little and nobody telling you that, oh, that's just your imagination. But mm -hmm. eventually you know, I, I shut it off like most kids do. Mm -hmm. um, and then I had back surgery back in 2017. And two weeks later, I had a pulmonary embolism where I nearly died. And I was working for corporate at the time. Oh, and wow. while I was on my short-term disability, it's like, I really don't want to go back. Mm -hmm. So I started taking a lot of classes. I took one on um, uh, becoming a transformational coach, a health coach, and animal communication. 
And the animal communication also had the healing piece in it. And that really stood out to me. Um, but I went back to work um, because that was my comfort zone. Mm -hmm. And then that following year was my year of healing. And I went to a shamanic healing camp. Ooh. Um, when I came back, I came back on my 30 year anniversary. Two days later, I was asking my narcissistic husband of 30 years for um, separation. Good for you. Mm -hmm. Found an apartment that weekend. And then the following Thursday, because uh, I was going to move out that following weekend, I got laid off from my corporate job. Oh, my goodness. Um, luckily, they gave me a good severance package. Mm -hmm. But it's like, I can't go back. Mm -hmm. you know, I, I'm not doing that. And I'm not going back with my yes. now ex. Mm -hmm. um, so everything just started falling into place. And I really loved the animal communication. I started taking some additional courses and doing a lot of practicing. Because um, you got to practice to get your confidence up and get mature. Your ego mind isn't getting in the way. Right. Um, so, yeah, um, that's how I ended up doing it. And I just love it. I just love talking to the animals. I love helping um, the pet parents, the pet guardians. Well, Lisa Roney says Julie is the best, and I agree. Actually, it just made me think of it. I know somebody I need to recommend you to because they've been looking for a good animal communicator, and I just remembered as they are talking because, you know, I, the other thing I'm going to say, you took this shamanic camp, and look at the shifts that you made, right? Like, People don't realize how transformational these type of things can be, right? Like you said, your your husband of 30 years after coming back and realizing, right? It's yeah. all, did you find it opened up like doorways that maybe you weren't sure about opening or like, oh, I'm just going to ask. I wasn't going to, but do you think you would have left your husband had you not maybe started down this path at the time that you did? No. No. I, that's what I was gonna. I wasn't gonna ask, and I heard spirits say it's okay to ask. <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. I no. Um, as miserable as I was in that marriage, it's comfortable, and I didn't want to because whenever I tried to talk to him about anything, he would just get defensive and turn everything on me, yeah. just like a narcissist would do. Uh, and I couldn't deal with it, but something happened during that shamanic session where it gave me the courage to approach him and I had got some great advice from, um, the shaman mm -hmm. about making it about me and not about him. Mm -hmm. So that's what I did. And I also got some 
good advice from my guides. And I was told to, I had a fairy and a um, wooden, wood gnome. As I said, I have so much gnomes. <laughs> I've got gnomes on the brain now. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> I love but another Another, um, another nature being where I, I just asked them to make it easy. And so I asked, I asked them to make it easy for me on our court date. My husband at the time didn't even show up for the divorce. So and I basically, I gave him the house and I, um, You know, and we split up our savings and stuff like that. So it was a lot easier than it could have been. Thank and you. For, I'm forever grateful. Well, thank you for sharing that because the reason why I did ask is because there's many people that when I said it's comfortable, it doesn't mean good comfortable, but it's comfortable. It's what you know, right? And we talk. Right, you're about in your comfort zone and it's like, what would I do? Where yeah. Would I live? You know, how am I going to make ends meet? Or all the what ifs that we talk ourselves out of that, you know, never mind the connections that you made back with your, your animal communication and your guides and all this transformational things, you know, that people don't realize I'm actually working on right now. Uh, and this is that spirit's direction. Um, cause I've had a few people message me privately and I figured it's time now, but an introduction to spirituality. And I said, well, if you want me to do this, where do you want me to start? So I spent an hour in meditation today asking about all different things, like what would we cover, how, you know, because there's so much to talk about. You can't just pick one thing, right? Absolutely. The one thing that a lot of people don't realize, especially when you go into spirituality, because it was this came from spirit, is when people are in the spiritual closet. And what do you do about that? But one of the things that I think comes up is we take a look at, depending on what that call is to sort of enter into this field. I think all of us, can be light workers and healers and what have you, but it's taking a look at the relationships around you. And it doesn't necessarily mean a spouse too, right? right. It's people that we spend the bulk of our day around the five people, science, I guess, sorry, five, that um, I guess, again, research is showing, we tend to become very much like them. And I'm not saying you were very much like your husband, but where I'm going with that is, is to take a look at those people around you. And sometimes we have to do relationship evaluations, right? Like sometimes we have, our contract we is our contract has maybe it's over. Right. And I use myself as an example. I, I no longer speak to my parents and, you know, spirit has let me know that the conversations that I always wanted to have and the things to speak about, will happen when we're back home on the other side. 
And to, mm -hmm. I made peace with that and I'm okay. Cause I wouldn't be doing this. Right. And that's where I'm going with this is kind of the ways we come out of the spiritual closet. Sometimes we right. need to make those decisions. Right. And with my ex, when I was married to him, I couldn't be my authentic self. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And so now I'm finally able to be my authentic self. Mm -hmm. I'm finally able to, um, delve into spirituality and, um, you know, take a shamanism class. I thought that, that I would have never been able to do before. Sorry, I, for, I forget to remind people, I have a bit of a delay, so I apologize. But I wanted to point out something you, you said that I think is so imperative. Your authentic self. Because we do meet people in this field. And for whatever, whatever reason, and I'm not judging anybody. But when we have to hide in the closet or spiritual closet, we aren't being our our authentic self, are we? Right. No. Mm -hmm. And there's no judgment there, but it's a question that we have to look at sometimes and say, why can't I be my authentic self? And a lot of it comes from fear. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Fear and fear of judgment because a lot of the spirituality stuff isn't accepted by the mainstream. Absolutely. You know, I was living in the Bible Belt for a while. And oh, wow. Mm -hmm. they, that's why I moved. <laughs> um, because I, they would look at me like I had two heads. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. don't they say, and it took me a while to realize this a few years, but really all there is, is love and fear. And I remember I've always got asked these questions, right? And when I was told this and taught this by one mentor I worked with, and I said, well, what do you mean fear? If somebody's really angry with you or they're nasty to you or they stab you in the back or whatever they do. And they were, they had such a beautiful way about explaining it from another person's perspective about looking at when somebody's nasty to someone else or stabbing you in the back or angry or whatever that is when you boil it down and and if you could actually see people's reasonings it all boils down to fear doesn't it fear and a lot of it is because you trigger them absolutely triggering there's something they see in you that they, they don't like about themselves right mm. Well, that was another thing that came with that because it was a six-month course too, I think. And and the other one was what other people think of me is none of my business. And I remember thinking, what do you mean it's none of my business? Of course it's my business. So I want people to like me. And then I realized, you know, as you go on this journey that you realize it is none of my business, right? If you're being your true authentic self and you're coming from a place of love and not ego, and it's in service to others rather than in service of self, mm -hmm. right? And so if, if somebody doesn't like me or whatever they want to say, yeah, it's still going to hurt. But that that's on them, really, right? If right. I, mm -hmm. And that's why forgiveness is so important, because it frees you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a gift to self. It doesn't, it doesn't um, condone what they did. Right. But it releases you. And people, right, because you'll hear people say, I'm never going to forgive a person. And sometimes it's a pretty hard 
thing to forgive, especially, you know, like I mentioned at the beginning of the show, you know, I do follow true crime. And when somebody's done something horrific to one of your loved ones or, you Absolutely. know, how do you forgive that? Yet you see people that do. And I think you said something so important, Julie, you don't have to forgive what they did. You don't ever have to forgive that or accept it, but forgive them as a human being or a soul. And it's a gift I've always looked at to self, right? Because mm -hmm. so many people that are in that bitter negative space and they're thinking about someone constantly and how awful they are and, you know, all these thoughts that go through our head. And it's well, just bringing you down and lowering your vibration. Plus you're living rent-free in your head. Most of the time, the other person hasn't given you another thought, right? Right. <laughs> and I found the um, Hawaiian prayer, Ho'oponopono. Oh, I love Ho'oponopono. Very mm -hmm. helpful in trying to help forgive different people. So if you've never heard of it before, if you... You look it up, it's a little hard to spell, but it's H-O apostrophe, O-P-O-N-O-N-O, -O -O, I think, Ho'oponopono. If you look that up, it is so beautiful. Actually, now i got to look it up. i got it saved on my and, phone. Yeah, it's just four lines. It's, um, I'm sorry, please forgive me. There you go. <laughs> I love you. There you go. Julie just did it for me, so I didn't have to look it up. And... And if you look on YouTube, look up Ho'oponopono. There's a lot of free videos. Absolutely. Prayer. Absolutely. We're almost, we've got a few more minutes here. So I don't know if you got anything new and exciting coming up or anything you want to talk about or YouTube or what do you got going on coming up in uh, the next, say, six months or so? Um. Well, I, I'm probably <laughs> going to be doing another beginner animal communication workshop. Are you? Now, I told you, I was asking you about that. So I may be working with you because I've been wanting to take one. Awesome. Mm -hmm. I'd love to have you. Uh, generally, I do it on the weekend for two to three hours each day. Mm -hmm. um, the second day is a lot of practice. So you get to actually practice on some real animals. Um because it's often harder to talk to your own animal because you're so close and your energies are so enmeshed. So is this um, online too, or is it just in person? No, it, it's going to be via Zoom. Yay. And you know what it is, though? You are so right, because I find it harder to do a reading for somebody I know very well or, um, yeah, very well. versus a lot of practice. Mm -hmm. Takes a lot of practice to be able to separate what's yours and what's and there. Absolutely. Uh, and then I'm going to be offering my shamanic services soon. Um, I'll I was hoping you were going to say that. That's why I just threw that in there. So when do you figure you might? Because like I say, I'm so excited for you. And I think this is incredible. You know, I'm going to be recommending you to people because I am. Oh. I, I already did. I already uh, did a session with you for animal communication. I am definitely going, and I may take more than one. I understand that with, um, with uh, healing, but I am definitely going to book a session with at least one with you for shamanic practice. Awesome. Love to, love to, um, I'd love to work with you. Oh, well, thank you. I'd love to work with you. Well, I already have worked with you. Like I said, I, I'm not a, I don't cry that easily, but I was in tears 
when you work with Sophie because such beautiful things came through and you you definitely gave us some really beautiful messages from Sophie that I hadn't realized myself and um, told us about maybe a tooth that we didn't know about and really got to... I suspected what the problem was. And for people that have heard that I'm a, you know, I say I'm a psychic and a medium, I am standing in my own way with animal communication. And I realize it, if you will, a limiting belief because my children have done it since the day they could speak. My eldest has told me different ways how to do it and still communicates. So that's why everyone has the ability to speak to animals. Uh, everyone has the ability. I mean, what I'm doing is not special. Mm -hmm. I'm just like everyone else. I've just been able to open up my gifts mm -hmm. and everyone can do it if, if they choose to. I keep hearing that from hearing that from spirit. It's our birthright to be able to Absolutely. obviously connect and animals. Absolutely. Absolutely. But my shamanic services, I probably will. I actually started working on some of my, um, testimonials and stuff like that so I can start posting them and I'm getting ready to do a coming soon post for my shamanic work okay. um, so probably probably by the time I graduate which mm -hmm. is mid to end of the month right I will start offering my services wonderful and when do you think you'll start the animal communication course I'm not sure mm -hmm. um, because most of my focus right now has been. I bet. On, on, <laughs> shamanic, right? <laughs> I'm doing all the shamanic stuff because this has been very intensive and I've been um, doing some, a lot of practice sessions with my classmates and practice session with friends and family type stuff. Mm -hmm. um, So yeah, when, once this course ends, I'll be able to focus on um, when I'm going to be doing that animal communication. But I will be posting it on my Facebook business page. Um, and I'm hoping you'll share it with me too, because I've got two groups on Facebook. I'd be happy to share it and talk about it when you're ready to put it all out there. You can certainly let me know. And just as I gave my favorite YouTubers a shout out, I'd love to be able to do that for you, Julie. Well, I'm hoping you're going to come back on anyways. I could talk to you for hours. <laughs> I'd love to come back. This has been so much fun. I know. And I, and if you guys know me, there's people here that know me quite well. And I'm so grateful for all their support every week, but um, that's how I am. Like, I'm like, Oh, I've got questions. <laughs> And I've got so many more. Sandra just said, love you, ladies. We love you too, Sandra. Uh, Kevin, were you ducking out? I was so enthralled here. I didn't even see Z Sun Dragon. I, I know Kelly uh, said hi, Laura Lee, and hello to Julie. She did say that, but she said happy Thanksgiving um, and hope uh, we had an amazing holiday. Well, it was quiet, but we had a good one. So, um, well, we're definitely going to do that. So we only got a few minutes left. So how can people get a hold of you? And please check Julie out. I, I, you guys, for animal communication as well as, I mean, we barely scratched the surface with the shamanic healing. Would I be right about that, Julie? Some of the stuff we talked about? Pretty much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, this is such a powerful healing modality. It, it just amazes me every time I work with somebody, the impact it has. I didn't even get into some of the questions I wanted to get into. That's why I know I got to have you back on. <laughs> so how do they get a hold of you, Julie? Um, well, my website is www.juliejeanbassett.com or facebook.com forward slash J Bassett Animal Communicator or uh, at Julie Jean Bassett for Instagram. I think I forgot to tag you. I just realized I forgot to tag you in that. <laughs> she said that on Instagram because I did. I always promote the show um, on every social media pro. And as you were saying that, I'm going, that's all right. I posted it on Instagram. <laughs> so uh, you know where to get a hold of her. I don't know why Spirit keeps, I keep hearing this. They want me to ask you this before I let you go quickly. Are you, are you in the process of writing a book or are you planning on a book? I don't know why, but they keep going, ask about the book, ask about the book. Um, I've tossed the idea around a few times, but I haven't. That's all I've done. I don't know why. And I always joke that I have a naggy spirit guide in the most loving way, but they'll just keep, they'll keep repeating it over and over. So that's why I ask. My spirit, I get the hint. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah, I think. Kept saying, ask about the book, ask about the book. <laughs> All right. Spirit, you need to tell me what am I supposed to be writing about <laughs> in uh, my spare time? <laughs> I, I, well, they, they're, they're showing me a few things, but we'll wait and see. I'll leave it up to you and your guides. I would never tell somebody what to do, but they, they wanted me to ask you. So I loved having you on here. Thank you so much for being here. I know we're going to have Julie back on. We are everybody, I promise, because like I said, we barely scratched the surface. And I know that once you get into your own practice, we kind of develop our own rhythm and what we want to do and how we want to do it, right? So I can't wait to have you back on. Okay, so thank you so much for being here again. Thank you for having me. I, I had a lot of fun. Oh, I love having you on. It's just, oh, now that I know you a little bit better and, and you know what, like I said, it just, that's the cool thing about these shows why I love doing them. I'm genuinely interested in people and their story and you've got a fascinating one and they work so beautifully together. And like I say, super interested in animal communication too, as are many I know. So, so glad to have you, but I want to remind you all. So I will. I covered this at the beginning, forgot to mention I was so enthralled. You're listening to 105.3 and 107.7 out of New Orleans, Louisiana to UFO Paranormal Radio Network, otherwise known as United Public Radio Network or just UPRN. And this is the Angel Rock and I'm your host, Laura Lee Potvin. And if you'd ever like to get a hold of me, you got a show idea, guest suggestion, you'd like to book a reading. I also do healing sessions and mentoring. You get a hold of me on facebook.com forward slash the angel rock. If you enjoy the paranormal, which I know you do. So stay tuned because we've got Philip and Julia Syracuse coming up next with the Horsefly Chronicles. I don't want you to forget also, if you've got stories, Kevin um, Z Sun Dragon has sent me a couple really cool stories. We are, we're going to be having a Halloween party on the 30th year on the Angel Rock. I'm not quite sure what that's going to look like. I'm hoping we might do a panel. If you all send me in enough spooky photos and and stories and things like that. It might just be me. David and Hansel and I also will be here on Thursday with the thing at the foot of the bed from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time here 
we're doing a party on the 26th. So same thing, send those stories, pictures, and EVPs in. And then I'm working on it. I will hopefully have more firm details by Thursday. But apparently I'm setting up the network Halloween party and I'm hoping we can have as many hosts as possible. We usually do if we do a party like this on Halloween night. So it's gonna be a lot of fun. Thank you all so much for being here, Julie. It's absolute pleasure. Thank you again for being here. And I want to thank everybody here who likes, shares, subscribes, uh, participates in the conversation. We love having you here. Sending you all so much love and light. Lastly, happy Thanksgiving to all my fellow Canadians who are listening. And we'll see you on Thursday. Take care, everyone. Bye. Bye.